0: Hi, I'm Ron Gilbert, and welcome to the weekly Thimbleweed Park Stand-Up Meeting Podcast. And today I am joined by, surprise, surprise, David Fox. Hi there. And a real shocker, Gary Winnick. Hey. And uh, what we do is every week we just uh, talk about what we did last week and what we're going to do next week. And this week, let's start with Mr. Winnick.
1: Oh boy. um, So... I'm going to start to sound a little dull, I think, from week to week, so I'll have to sort of do something to spice that up because effectively what I'm doing now is working through a huge list of animated characters. So, you know, I can sort of put that into some different categories and talk maybe a little bit about the process, but pretty much what I'm going to be doing between now and the end of the project is animating characters, some design stuff, And I would say icons and then probably some other screen design, but pretty well my path now is mapped out for me until the end of the project, unlike you guys who have interesting things to report like, oh, you know, walk boxes didn't work or I'm fooling around with a sound driver, you get to mix that stuff up. Mine is pretty much animation, animation, animation. So um, I think I'll talk a little bit just about the process of animation as as sort of we're doing it because right now we're sort of going through a number of, I'm going to say, exercises and tests. Although I think we've kind of nailed down, I'm going to use the word a general look of our characters, you know, that we have the large heads. Uh, Sorry to anybody out there who wants pinheads on our characters, but they're going to be these large-headed characters similar to Maniac but evolved a little bit beyond on that like it would have been a next sort of evolution of that and then um, we're also going to be working on you know sort of the way animation looks and the way the rendering looks the rendering has been kind of an interesting process because we're still trying to figure that out how much you know whether it's too much or too little so i've been studying a number of different um uh, animation styles and we're sort of trying to something, land on something that feels like it's going to work well with Mark's uh, backgrounds, but yet retain the spirit of what we're looking at because it is going to be more complicated than the maniac stuff. And I would say the render might be close to Monkey Island, but I'm just not sure because we're sort of going back and forth
0: on that a little bit. I like the stuff you did with the sheriff. You just, you just did the detail. It's not so much rendering. It's more... It's more like adding detail without a whole lot of rendering, and I, yeah. and I think that actually works well with the marks backgrounds.
1: Yeah, so we're trying to figure that out, and um, th- that's a process that has taken a while. But once we land on what the final look is, we're going to just move forward with that and stick to our guns. I think
0: it also seems that the you know the rendering, the animation is a little, it's a little more problematic for you than it is for other stuff because if you've done a whole lot of animation and you've drawn a hundred frames and then we want to change one thing about, you know, how Ray uh you know, how she is rendered, you have to go through and change a hundred frames. And so it's, I think it's really important to get that whole rendering stuff down before we start grinding out frames.
1: So landing on something that we all like is, is a little bit of an exercise, but I think we're we're closing in on that, and that and, and it does sort of require a process of just trying a lot of different things and seeing how they look in terms of you know, because we have to sort of bring a lot of stylistic elements together between you know, backgrounds, characters, interface, those things all kind of have to feel like they have a continuity and belong together, but they have to have a uniqueness to them. So, been working on that. One thing I, I will do. Is I have just go through and kind of redesign the characters in terms of adding certain amounts of detail or whatever, as Ron was saying, and see how that looks. So still kind of figuring that out, but I'm hoping to land on that soon because really, you know, we have to sort of start moving through the process of getting all the characters into a playable version of the game. So coming along with that, I think, you know, we're making good progress, but it is one of those things that is a process, Additionally, starting to think a little bit about just some of the other ancillary materials we need to do that are artistic or, you know, illustrative in nature, which includes things like logos, box and rewards, things like that. You know, we're talking about, you know, getting the T-shirt design. We're talking about making sure we're clear on the logo. And those things are an ongoing process. But we do have to sort of put, as Ron would say, scheduled dates associated with all of those items and working on trying to make that make sense.
0: Okay. Is that it?
1: Um. Yeah, that's it for today.
0: All right, David. You
2: reminded me that one of the things I did probably in the last week or so was you guys both asked me to look at the master animation list to add things that weren't on there and comment. So I found a bunch of more actors that weren't listed or animations I thought we needed. So helped edit that. Thanks a lot, David. (laughs) But I didn't put priorities, so let you guys do that.
0: Yeah, I've I've been thinking of that as well. I've I've added a couple of animations. Just as I'm writing the dialogues, I'm kind of realizing, oh, they really need to do this little animation at this point in the dialogue. So, I've been adding those as well.
1: I'm actually noticing whole groups of characters you guys have left off, but I haven't said anything about it yet.
0: You were you just hoping we'll forget?
1: Well, (laughs) not really. I'll just, you know, I'll I'll do it myself, you know, but uh, (laughs) I am noticing things like, you know, we didn't mention all of the ghost characters that are in the hotel or things like that. No,
0: I don't think we have any of the uh, people visiting DumbleCon either. Yeah. Yeah, I figured
2: figured that was lower priority, so I I didn't add those. The the thing I think I was noticing, though, was I don't think I'm quite clear yet. Where the animation complexity cutoff will be, I'm still thinking in terms of the games I worked on, you know through through indie, where there really wasn't a lot of additional animation other than the reach animations I think we added for indie, and you know reach high, reach medium, and reach low, um, but not like tire shoot lace or or you know turn a wrench or whatever. And so I haven't been adding any of those, I don't know what you want to animate what you want to just
1: have the character
2: turn his back to the camera and pretend like he's doing something really Uh, i think
1: they have to be very special case animations david very very unique and special case animations (laughs) that happen hardly at all
0: well i figure what we'll do is we'll get the high medium and low reaches in and then we'll just trigger all those and then we'll kind of go back and go you know it doesn't work for this particular case you know, or it does work for this case or, you know, whatever. I I think that's the way to do it rather than try to come up with a list of all of the little stuff. I mean, obviously there's some big things that need to be animated because they're big moments. And I think that's the way I've really thought about it in the past is, is this animation that the character is doing, is this a moment in the game as opposed to just, you know, picking up something or grabbing something? And the moments get animated and the rest of the stuff just, um, you know, the generics take care of it.
1: A ransom turning away from the uh, camera and there's a bunch of squeaking noise and then he turns around with a balloon animal. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll see about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's actually a good example, right? That I think, you know, Ransom making a balloon animal, is enough, it, that's enough of a moment that we probably want to animate that. Where you know we could do like what you said, where he just turns away or he does some generic you know move his hands around and then you know a balloon animal pops in but i think I think that probably is enough of a moment to animate and i it's I think it's really just case by case, and that's why I think we just start out simple and then we we add we add the stuff as we feel we need it well
2: for for that I would I could see just doing something where you kind of basically make his hands a blur of a fast motion, and you, in the middle of that, you see a balloon animal forming. Right. And so you really don't need to obviously have him do it the way that you really would do it.
1: But I, I, I'm good with all those cop outs. It just kind of depends really on sort of what the importance of the action is and how much time we have.
0: Yeah, I think we'll just start with the reaches and go from there. The one I was I think I, I did add was like uh, there's a
2: switch that you move sideways. And that I couldn't see that working as a reach I mean you could, but it would probably be nicer if you actually saw it.
0: Which which one is that?
2: In the radio station.
0: Oh. Yeah, that's that's kind of a big switch as well. I you know, one thing, I don't know if there are a lot of things like that, but it's it's also, you know, getting the switches to conform to a you know a particular size and a particular throw. And then we can use that same kinda of, you know, that same switch-throwing animation, we can find a bunch of different places that it can be used.
2: Right. Okay, so I remember finding some bugs in actors being placed in rooms and tried to figure out exactly when that would happen and when that wouldn't be happening, and then Ron basically fixed all that. There was an interesting thing. I, I had a pretty involved dialogue with the character in the quickie pal and in the dialogue there are a bunch of places where you could there are options i guess you're being prompted to give him something or or asking about something and ron made a good point that this was giving away too much information and that the prompts for things like that should be from a give giving the actor giving the character the object specifically and have that trigger it so that's a good a good thing to follow and I redid those dialogues and made separate ones for giving your triggers for giving him something. Really important thing, I added that now that we have a new font, I added TMs all around the, <laughs> the
0: game. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny to see all those go into the to the git check ins. You know, <laughs> added TM to this, added TM to that, <laughs> added TM to this. <laughs> that's it just like
1: an old monkey island joke, isn't it? Or
0: Yeah, you know, that that whole TM joke Goes way back because I remember when I found uh, the old document to the, um, you know, I was a teenage lobot thing, which was, I mean, that document was written way before Maniac Mansion. And, you know, I remember we were making TM jokes all the way through that document as well. So I think that whole TM joke is really old.
2: Well, it, I, it, it, I think it went back to our first games um, where the, that was the inspiration because when we, you know, Lucasfilm was really careful about protecting their trademarks and so when we did the manuals for the first two games for rescue and for ballblazer everything got trademarked you know jaggies and you know monster or whatever just all these different trademarks went in and i think it became this running joke with us that you know anything we we put into a game is going to get trademarked and we might as well put the tm in there anyway even if it wasn't
1: trademarked and right. It and was a joke well the other thing about that is that sort of Indicative of working for a company that has a ton of money at the time Lucasfilm did. I guess they always probably did, but they trademarked everything that they ever did just because it was sort of matter, of course, because of the films. Right.
2: But I found out more recently that to really trademark something is pretty expensive. I mean, for each mark, you have to pay these big fees and you have to show that you've used mark and all these things. So I wonder whether we actually screw things up by TMing things in the game that never really... <laughs> got trademarked or say, hey, look, it has a TM mark in the game.
0: Yeah. It costs at least for like a U.S. trademark. It's $250 per trademark per category. So, you know, if you're only trademarking something in one, you know, given category, then, you know, it's it's not outrageous. But if you start trademarking stuff across a whole bunch of broad categories, it can get really expensive really fast. And that's only for the US. I mean trademarking in other countries is different.
2: And if you have a if you hire a lawyer to do that, if you have an internal lawyer, I guess it doesn't make any difference. You gotta keep them busy. Yeah,
0: you can do it all online now. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, all the trademarks for Thimbleweed Park and the other ones that I've done in the past—you just go to a website. It's just a government website, and you do the trademark. So, yeah, you—you actually don't have to hire a lawyer to do that.
2: Cool. Um, And then I spent time on the a two-person puzzle that takes place around the the nickel, the newspaper, nickel newspaper. Sorry, Gary, I added some temp art in there. Figuring since these rooms still had temp art, I could do something you know just really rough and um then the last thing i did was you know we're basically the edict i got from ron was let's let's focus on the first part of the game around the town so i've just been going through the flow chart looking for holes and things that we just haven't really completed a big one was the opening scene on the highway where you meet well this is going to be a spoiler
0: yeah, don't, don't mention it.
2: Okay, so the opening scene, in the high, where you actually have your first dialogue puzzle experience and do a few things, and that, that's finished, so that works really well. And that was kind of tag team with Ron, where I did a bunch of the surrounding code, and Ron did the dialogue, which is hilarious. Oh, can
0: I get a build for that later today? Yeah, I'll do one as soon as the podcast is done. Cool. And that's it. All right, great. Uh, let's see. Last week, uh, as David said, I did a lot of writing. I wrote the dialogue. I wrote the the actual opening dialogue. That's the very first dialogue in the game uh, when uh, agents, Ray and Rez find the body. So I wrote that, and then I wrote the one David's talking about on the highway into town. And I also wrote um, what I thought was a really fun dialogue where you have to use a police scanner to fake a call to distract somebody. And, and that was a, that was a fun dialogue to write. And I I think when I started to write it, you find out, you know, from one person, the information that, you know, they're waiting for on the police scanner, you know, and that's like, you know, A, B, and C. And then when you go do the radio call, you, you know, you basically say A, B, and C. And I started writing it like that. And I realized that was kind of boring. And so I changed it to be a little bit more like the like the insult sword fighting with the sword master where somebody tells you they need A, B, and C, but when you go to actually make the call on the police scanner, you're not actually saying the A, B, and C. You're actually saying three different things, and, you know, as a player, you have to figure out, oh, well, this will satisfy the A, and this will satisfy the B. And I think it just turned the dialogue into being a little more fun. To, to play around with. And
2: it was fun, because I played
0: around with it. Oh, good. <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, even the most recent build I have, you know, has a lot of interesting stuff. And in I'm like, it's really starting to feel like a game now with all of the dialogue you guys are adding. So it's really coming together.
0: Yeah, I think the dialogue puzzles add a lot. I mean, there was a lot of discussion about whether we should do the dialogue puzzles or whether we should just do the, you know, Maniac Mansion style stuff. But I I think doing full dialogue puzzles has been a good a good decision to do. I am keeping them simpler. They're they're not as complicated as the Monkey Island ones. They are a little bit simpler, but I but I think I think they're still a lot of fun to do.
1: That's because Ron Gilbert will always take the easy way out. I
0: will. I'm inherently lazy. I think that's one (laughs) of my superpowers, actually. <laughs> uh, so I wrote those dialogues uh more budgeting stuff. I feel like this budgeting stuff is probably never going to end. It's like every month uh you know after we pay our bills and all the invoices, I feel like I have to do a full rebudgeting stage just to make sure that we're still on track and we're not going to run out of money. I spent a whole lot of time filling out uh Microsoft paperwork. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun, um, very eye gouging stuff. But I think that is all done. Bug fixing, as David mentioned, and I also started to think about a test plan, figuring out how many testers that we're going to need to test it. Because we have, you know, we have three different platforms initially. Plus, we have, you know, potentially the mobile platforms, and then we also have the Xbox platforms now. And just trying to figure out a good test plan for that. And I also uh, started looking at. Uh, Another writer Bringing on another writer to help out uh, With the dialogues And that was pretty much my week And I think next week is just going to be More of the same
2: I think we should add a couple of optional characters That you can choose in the beginning Just to complicate your test plan
0: Oh good, that's a really good idea
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean David Fox Unlike Ron David Fox always takes the hard way out, so <laughs> I just thought I might mention that as well. How about, a how about like a complicated way out?
0: Well, talk- David and I work well against each other. David's always doing the hard, complicated thing. I'm doing, doing the lazy, easy thing, and it works out to be perfect in the end.
2: I think we should do a talking police dog. How about
0: that? <laughs> talking police dog. I, I actually kind
1: of <laughs> like that. Right? Um,
0: wow. does this know. Does this mean I can bill all of my puppy supplies to the project? <laughs> yeah.
1: Sure. Sure. Why not? R&D. If you teach that dog to talk, well, never
0: mind. All right. Is that it? Yes. I think so. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.